Hello, and welcome to State of Crime. One state, two murders, lots of crime, although now it's still country of crime because we're doing our last international show. Yes. In Japan. Yes. So. So I was really nervous about, nervous about this one, and we talked about this a little bit last time because I already can barely speak English, <laughs> much less try to pronounce. I know. That's, I'm, yes. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a rough one. So we are apologizing in advance. For all of our butchering of pronunciations, because I'm in the same boat. Right, so. like I'm 100% sure that I will mess up almost every single every one of them. of them. Okay, me too. So, so we'll do it together. So, just so everyone's aware, don't be yes. yelling at us because we've mispronounced. Feeling something. all superior because you read manga and watch anime <laughs> and know how to do all this stuff. So, um, yeah. So, have you ever chosen a case and then you were like, why the hell did I pick this case that I've made a horrific mistake, but it's too late to change? Yeah, all the time. Okay, well, that's my case this week. Oh, dear. So, I just want to warn everybody up front. Like, this is without a doubt... The most brutal case I've done. Oh, no. It's freaking awful. Oh, no. And, like, this counts on, like, this has made lists of, like, one of the worst murders of all time. One of the most horrific examples of torture of all time. Oh, no. So, honestly, do not let your children listen to this in any way, shape, or form. Not that they should ever be listening to us. For multiple reasons. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this one is bad. Oh no, I'm nervous. Okay. And this is one that I actually vaguely remember in the news. But I have a feeling, A, I don't think that I knew all of the details at the time. And whatever I, I did, I have a feeling I just like wiped out of my brain because it's it's awful. Oh, gosh. Okay. okay. So, I am doing the murder of Junko Furuta. Okay. You don't know this one at all. Mm -mm. Okay. You didn't even come across it in any of your research. Mm -mm. Okay. Because, by the way, Kaylin stole what would be an Elena case for oh, her I case did. this week. I did, and I'm really excited about it. <laughs> so, this might have been my revenge. I'm not sure. Okay. So, um, there it goes. okay. All right, so um, this takes place in November of 1988 in Masato, Japan. So at the time, Junka Furuta had just celebrated her 17th birthday three days before. Okay. She was a pretty girl, and like if you look up her name, there's her, I'm assuming it's her last school picture that was taken and she's just lovely um she was pretty she was intelligent she was a good student you know everyone described her as being a good girl mm -hmm. um she did not smoke she did not drink and didn't use any drugs and the, even though I guess at the time, like in our high school, you know, kids, you know, if you're too much of a goody-goody, kids kind of look down on you a little bit. But she still seemed to be pretty popular. Yeah. You know, like well-liked, just a good girl. And then she also, in addition to being such a good student, which is not easy in Japanese schools, um, <clears throat> she also had a part-time job. Unfortunately, she also went to school with a monster whose name was Hiroshi Mayano. 
And Miyano was, Miyano, sorry, Miyano, was already known as the school bully. He was just mean and awful. And he had some connections to the Yakuza, which is like the Japanese mafia, basically. Okay. A lot of people are probably familiar with them because of movies. They get, you know, in there a lot. And um, I don't know exactly what those connections were or how valid they were, but they seem to be, they must have had some reality to them, mm -hmm. as we'll see as things play out here. So, unfortunately for Junko Furuta, Miyano developed somewhat of a crush on her and had asked her out, and she said no. And I'm sure he didn't like that. Of course he didn't, you know, and yeah. typical, you know, male, <laughs> what do we, you know, privilege, whatever. Um, he and another friend, Minato, were hanging around a local park in Misato, where apparently they would hang out quite often and gang rape women. Oh! Yes. So this was one of the things they did for fun. Okay. okay. Yes. So they're disgusting. Um, around 8.30 p.m., they noticed that uh, Junko was on her bicycle coming home from her job. Now... According to most versions, they kind of set up a trap for her. So Minato kicked her bike or did something, you know, that caused her to wreck and fall off her bike. And then he like ran away or, or whatever. And then Miyano, the one that had the crush on her, stepped in, pretended to be, oh, I saw you got hurt here. Let me help you. Mm. And the worst mistake of her life is that she trusted him. She was never going to make it home again. Sad. And so Miyano leads her to an abandoned warehouse. And when her bike had fallen over and she, her school bag that he had grabbed her notebook and said, I know where you live. Your address is in here, which it was. And after that and said, if you do anything, my Yakuza connections will kill your entire family, you know, and immediately started threatening her. So, and he leads her to an abandoned warehouse and rapes her and uses that threat to keep her mm -hmm. silent. He then takes her to a park where Minato, the kid that had helped him get her off her bike, uh, two other kids, Ogura and Watanabe were waiting there. They all raped her. Oh my gosh. This is nothing. It's going to get so incredibly worse. <clears throat> okay. Her torture is going to last for 44 days. Oh my God. Yes. And this is one of those cases that, <clears throat> so first of all, these perpetrators were all teenagers. Most of them 16 to 18. The oldest was 18. And in Japan, as in the United States, if you are a juvenile offender, um, they keep your identity secret. However, when these four went to trial, the reason we know their names is because there was a magazine, and um, I think I might have it down here, I can't remember it right now, but they found out their identities, and they said what they did was so horrific, they don't deserve to have their names shielded. So they released them, and that's one of the reasons that we know exactly who 
these demons are. So after they rape her at the park, they take her to Monado's parents' home. And this is where it gets really insane. That's where they keep her for the next 44 days. What the fuck? And during that time, well, I'll get to that in just a minute. So um, within a short period of time, Junko Furuta's parents had called the police and reported their daughter missing. And what they did is, at, around that time, they the boys forced her to call her parents and say, I have ran away from home and I'm staying with a friend and I'm okay. So that kind of dampened the police looking for her. So while they're holding her in Minato's uh, parents' house. At first, whenever the parents would come around, they would pretend that she and Monado were now dating and that she was just there hanging out, which I don't know how they, yeah, it's weird. Over time, the parents kind of clued in, no, there's something else going on here. But because they were so afraid of um, uh, Mayano's Yakuza connections, they never said or did anything. What? I know. And as throughout those four, they said throughout the 44 days, as many as a hundred people knew that she was being held there and what was going on and nobody did anything. Oh my God. Which just, yeah, this case, I mean, honestly, this is probably one of the worst things I've ever read. So, um, over the course of the next 44 days, Yunka Furuda was raped over 400 times by Miyano and his three friends. And they would also invite other boys over to rape her. We don't even know exactly how many people were involved in her torture. We know of the these key four who ended up going to trial, but we don't know how many other of these kids that were invited over took part to varying degrees. Holy shit. Yeah, I know. It's really, really awful. So, um, <clears throat> the police were alerted to her condition twice and failed to intervene. So the first time... One of the boys who was invited over to the Monado house did go home after seeing Faruda and he told his brother what was happening. His brother then told his parents and they contacted the police. The police went to the Monado family's home and asked questions, but the Monado family's like, oh no, there's no girl here. So the police were like, oh, okay, thanks, and left. What the fuck? Oh God, it's going to piss me off. Yeah. The second time, Faruda herself managed to get a phone, to, managed to call the police. But before she could say anything, the boys caught her and it just got worse for her. So, um, I'm going to click over. I made a, there's a, a timeline that I looked up, but... This is actually torture porn. I mean, there's no other word for it. This is just so, so awful. 
So like we said, I'm going to just kind of go through a timeline of what we know happened to her. And I will tell you that during the trial, there was a reporter who, who fainted because of how awful this was. Her mother ended up having a full psychiatric breakdown, which you would understand yeah. when you hear when she finds out what happened to her daughter. So like we said, she's kidnapped on November 26th, oh sorry, November 22nd, 1988. She's immediately raped. She's forced to call her parents and tell them she had run away. They, of course, do not feed her. They're not taking care of her in any way while she's staying at the house. She's lucky whenever she gets any food or water. Um, in addition, they would, like I said, the torture was just horrific. They made her eat cockroaches. They made her drink her own urine. They forced her to masturbate in front of them. Um, they burned her with cigarette lighters, set off fireworks in her ears, her mouth, and her vagina. They shoved numerous objects into both her vagina and her anus, including a stillet light bulb. By day 11, which was December 1st, 1988, she had been beaten countless times. They had tied her hands to the ceiling and used her as a punching bag. Her nose had filled with so much blood that she could only bleed through her mouth. This is, like I said, I don't even know if I should read all of this because it is so just unbelievably god-awful. Um, by day 20, she was unable to walk because they had burnt her numerous times. And when she had managed to call the police, when they caught her, they sprayed lighter fluid on her legs and then lit it on fire. Oh, my god! And they said that she was so badly injured that she could not. It took her an hour to drag herself just to go to the bathroom. Um, by day 20... They had continued to do all of these horrific, horrific punishments to her. And this is where it was just bizarre to me. So during some of the torture, she went into convulsions. The boys said they thought she was faking it. That's disgusting. And there were a couple of other times where, you know, she when she was exhibiting effects of what they were doing to her, they would claim that they thought she, she was faking it, which is another level of just such bizarre cruelty that it's, like I said, this is a case that it's almost impossible to just wrap your mind right. around, like how people could be this depraved. Um, by... Day 30, she is in such horrible pain and in such horrible shape because of all the things they've done to her. And like I said, I'm not going to read everything because I, I can't. And, yeah. and I, I feel guilty almost. Like, it's one of those things where I think you need to know how horrific these people are. But at the same time, it almost becomes voyeuristic. Mm -hmm. Um. In any case, um, she started to lose control of her bladder and bowels because of what they were doing to her. 
And by day 40, which I don't know how she wasn't begging before then, she was begging them to just kill her and get it over with. Um, and she apparently she couldn't even get off the ground anymore. Here's where it gets really strange. And I'm not sure exactly where this happened. Do you know what I mean? Because according to testimony, what set them off is that on day 44, they forced her to play a game with them called Mahjong, which some people might be familiar with. It's kind of a, they look like dominoes sort of, but oh, they have yeah, different know, symbols on like, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And according to their testimony, what finally brought her murder about was they forced her to play a game of Mahjong with them and she won. Now, given that this is day 44, I have a hard time understanding how she was in any shape. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. To do this. But that is across all of the sources that I read. They all said that was true. Which on the other hand, it also makes, because Mahjong is a game of strategy and yeah. skill, makes me think, I kind of love it, if that's true, that she beat these pieces of walking excrement. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. that she's at this stage and still can beat that. You know what right. I'm saying? In any case, whatever the thing is, the story is that they played a game of Mahjong. She won. And they then beat her with an iron barbell, um, burnt her again. And this time they said like she had, like she, because she had, incontinence um she had many many wounds which were infected that she smelt so badly so when they started beating her they put plastic bags on their hands and beat her until she died oh i know now i don't know how many of you like to watch japanese horror movies but you know in japanese horror movies it's always somebody who suffered a wrongful death and if there's anybody that would become one of these hungry ghosts mm -hmm. looking for revenge, it would be her. And I hope she gets all four of these monsters and anyone else who was associated with this. Um, after they killed her, less than 24 hours later, they hide her body in a 55-gallon drum, fill it with concrete, and then disposed of it in a tract of reclaimed land in Koto in Tokyo. Um, her body was found not too much longer. And when, so the, of course the police were kind of familiar with these dudes. And when they brought one of them in, there had been another murder. They brought them, the one guy in and they were questioning him about a murder of a, I think it was a mother and daughter. And Apparently, this was a completely something he had nothing to do with. Right. But when he, they were questioning him, he thought they were asked questioning him about Junko Ferruto's murder. Oh. So he just starts billing, and that's how they figured out. Oh. Yeah. Dumbass. Yes. Which is insane. I know. It's gross. Um. And 
it's going to get worse. So I'm really sorry. This is just awful. Um, the thing that's the worst about this is that the boys all got such incredibly short sentences. Oh. And so I was going to try to find here. Let me, I wrote those down. I'm sorry. I'm jumping around. You guys, this case was so awful. I couldn't even bring myself like to write my notes. I just put them together on my phone because I'm like, I don't even want to write this stuff out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, it was just, it, it was too horrific and I'm still like having the worst. So <clears throat> here's, oh God, it, it's just going to piss you off so much. Are you ready for this? Yeah. So Hiroshi Mayano, mm -hmm. the one supposedly with the Yakuza connections and everything, all right, he got 20 years. Okay. And I believe he might have been 18. I think he was the 18-year-old. Minato, the one, it was his house and everything, uh -huh. got five to nine years. What the fuck? Okay. Ogura got eight years, and Watanami got five to seven years. And here's what makes it even worse. They weren't even found guilty of murder. What? They all pled guilty to, what was it, something like physical harm that led to death. What? Yeah. That is the biggest pile of bullshit I've what, ever heard in my what life. What will make you a little bit happy is that those who got the, the single digit ones, they went and appealed to their cases and they all ended up getting two to four years more. But apparently that was the most that could be given, you know, mm -hmm. at the time. And that's the part. And then um, one of these assholes, uh, Minato, the one whose home all of this happened uh -huh. in, <laughs> this is just unbelievable. Uh Three decades later, and I want to say it was in 2019 at the time, I believe, or sorry, sorry, 2018, he got arrested again for beating a 32-year-old male company employee with a metal baton and slashing him with a knife in the throat. He didn't kill him, the guy did, but Minato, who was then 45, apparently when he attacked this man was like screaming about how he'd, you know, he knew how to torture somebody and was basically bragging about what he had done to this girl as he was attacking this man. Oh my God. So yeah, this case is just one of the worst ever. And one of them, one of the guys, so the one family had to sell a lot of their their like their house and everything and they had to pay um Junko's family one source said it was like the equivalent of $450,000 Jesus yeah um which good i mean there's a hell of a lot more they should have done too right um and then one of them though his mother had a re reportedly gone and 
desecrated Junko's grave and claimed it was because Junko had ruined her son's life. Ew. Yeah. Ew! Like, what the fuck? So that gives you... Like I said, this case to me, it's like... So first of all, there's just this... You know, there are those cases in, that you read about where you're just like... You know, and like your, your toy box killer was kind of like uh-huh. that for me. And where you just think, how could any human being be like this? Right. Right? And right. how could they do things like this? Yep. Then you get into... The whole idea of it's not just evil people that create evil in our world. It's all the bystanders. And in this case, you had all of these bystanders. And just recently, I don't know if you saw this in the news, there was a kid, and I can't remember where it was, but he got stabbed. And as he was laying there dying, instead of anybody doing anything, there were like 50 kids standing around, and they filmed it. Nobody what? called the cops and took pictures. And that was here in the United States. What the fuck? Um, so, you know, there's that aspect of it of, you know, how do you have up to 100 people? And especially the parents. Like, okay, I get it. You're scared of the Yakuza. But for God's sake. Like, right. You know what I mean? There was nothing you... I don't know. I. So there's that aspect of it, you know, as well. And then the question of parenting... Like, who the hell is raising these kids? Right. And how do kids get to this point where they have that much control over their parents? Right. I hated this case. Yeah, this was not a fun one. No, this was a horrible, horrible one. But like I said, it was one I just, I couldn't believe was real. And I left out a lot of stuff. Ugh. And do not go unless you have a strong stomach, because it's bad. Ugh. I'm sorry. That was not a fun one. I'm sorry. I know it was bad. I didn't enjoy that. I know. And from the land of Hello Kitty and, <laughs> you know, beautiful anime films and, yeah. That was a rough one. I know. I hate it. I'm glad it's over. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to listen to this one. I usually try to listen to all of our, you know what I mean? Just because yeah. I'm not going to listen to this one. No, I wouldn't. Okay. I don't think anyone should listen to this one. I'm sorry if you listen. <laughs> I'm like, sorry if I you're did still this. Here, thanks. <laughs> I shouldn't have done this. It's okay. You know, while you were like telling this, like I could see there were quite a few times that you almost started crying. I, I did. Yeah, I know, and I can't handle that. Mm-mm. But yeah, this one's bad. Yeah that that was rough. I didn't enjoy that one. No. Don't steal cases for me anymore. Hey, you, I <laughs> called it. I found that was actually the first case I came upon, and I was like, fuck yeah, this is great. And I'm so excited about it. Kaylin's case is way better. You'll like it way better. So I'm hoping it'll be. A, yeah. We're going to be in a much lighter space. Yes. On Thursdays. I'm yes, sure. we will. Holy cannoli. It's, I know. Yeah. I think we should just end. Okay. Okay. So if you, um, go ahead and get on our Facebook page and join our discussion group, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And if you have any suggestions on cases you want us to cover, um, you can email us at stateofcrimepodcast at gmail.com or you can just message our Facebook page. And if you're listening on an Apple po- on an Apple product, <laughs> make sure you go to your Apple podcast and rate and review us. It helps us out a lot. 
And I think that's everything. And I'm really sorry. Don't listen. (laughs) Listen to Kaylin's. Don't listen to this one. We love you. Bye.